Okay, students, let's talk today about the Sphere of the Fixed Stars, Cantos 22 to 27. This will be a part one to a two-part lecture, I hope, because we have like 40 slides to get through, lots of art too. Something to keep in mind, remember that on the quiz that is upcoming, not only will you be responsible for knowing the quotes that I'm going to share with you, you will also be responsible for knowing a few of the pieces of art. So whenever a piece of art is up here and we're looking at it and we're staring at it, Know what it means, know what it means, know who made it, know what its name is, if I give you a name, know who the figures are in it, that will be what is most important. So know the difference between Peter, John, and James, and let's just get into it now. So, the fixed stars, sphere 8 of 10 of heaven, the occupants are the so-called church triumphant or the church militants. The liberal art is, there is no liberal art, because all the liberal arts were spent in the first seven uh, spheres because there are seven liberal arts the quadrivium four of those and the trivium three of those rhetoric logic and grammar the theme here is that dante is a student at the end of his education it's like he is at the supreme college and he is going to be examined on faith hope and love and i give you not only the latin words for those but also the greek words in greek text just in case you want to know that sort of thing fides from which the, um, anybody have a marine parent or anybody have a family member who's a marine? Well, do you know what their great Latin phrase is? It's semper fi, semper fidelis, which means always faithful. That comes from this. Uh, uh, and uh, a very famous, uh, what is it? Christmas song is Adeste Fidelis. And so, pistis is the word for that in Greek. Hope, space, elpis in Greek, and love, karitas, from which we get the word care, um, and agape in Greek. There are a few other words for love in Greek, but that's the one that means sort of like love for your fellow man, not passionate love, like eros. In any case, the metaphor for this sphere is that the highest concepts require the sharpest minds and distinctions in order to understand them. Apparently, Dante is actually going to have to know what he talks about when he talks about love and hope and also faith he's not going to just make up answers on the spot he's going to show that he has learned what these concepts mean as he has traveled through the spheres of heaven and so the main speakers we're going to see here will be saint peter the great rock of the church saint james uh supposedly the brother of saint john and saint john the apostle um sometimes thought of as the most beloved of Christ, the most beloved of Christ. In fact, there I was looking at several pieces of art in preparation for this, for this lecture, and there are many, many, many pictures of Saint John with his head on the shoulder of uh, Jesus. And I will give an interpretation for what I think that means when we get to Saint John, if we get to him today. And then, of course, we will talk to Adam. And four big questions will be asked to him by Dante, including uh, what language did you speak? How old? are you uh how long were you in hell how long did you last in eden and there's one other one that is on the tip of my tongue but i can't quite remember it at this moment ah yes why did you get kicked out of eden why did you get kicked out of Eden? and adam actually gives a very simple response to that we'll get there all right so into the fixed stars into the fixed stars beatrice's beauty is radiant and i don't even necessarily need you to write any of this so far so Be Beatrice's beauty is radiant, so she gets even more what as she enters this as we enter this heaven? Beautiful. Even more beautiful. So again, the clouds that obscure our understanding in our mind continue to uh, pass, uh, to dissipate. Very good. 
Dante is content to hope at first, and the heavens brighten as he becomes more attentive. One of the tacks I'm going to take as we go through these last few spheres is talk about how attention and focus are tied to clearing up one's mind and seeing what is real. That seems to be what Dante is doing here. He's clearing his mind of obstructions so that he can see the light of truth. Ultimately, uh, ultimately, which truth is he going to be trying to understand, which he will probably fall short of? What do you think the highest being in heaven is? God, right. He's going to try and understand that, but he's not there yet. He's not there yet. Okay, and so, I saw up above thousands of lamps, a sun which lit up every one of them, as ours does what we see overhead. Notice that each soul illuminates itself. It is not illuminated by another soul or another sun, but illuminates itself like the master who teaches himself and requires no guide, which is, of course, very similar to Dante here. Though he is being guided by Beatrice, I've made the claim that Beatrice, like Athena, is just a figure for Dante's what? His own, his own mind, which means, is he being guided by any external person? No, he guides himself. He is capable of his own uh, free will, uh, of making up his own mind. Very good. And through the living light there shone, through the substance of light, which was so brilliant to my eyes that they could not withstand it, the principle or form of a thing shows through its example, is the idea here. In order to understand something, you need to understand its example. This is something that's going to be a major feature of the next few cantos. What is the relationship between faith and action? How does one demonstrate one's faith? Does one do it simply by saying hallelujah and seeking hosannas? Or is it through one's acting in a faithful sort of way? And so, that is how one judges the perfection of an object against its ideal. That's a very platonic way of looking at things. Recall from last year, if you learned about Plato and the forms, that he said there's a form of the good, the true, the beautiful, and that all things that are called beautiful, true, and good partake of some amount of this form. Well, that makes sense. Without ideals, how could you judge things as being deficient in any way? If you say you're good, there must be some idea in your mind already present of what is truly good. And that's something we're going to really be focusing on as we go through here. So, good. Here's a really nice picture. I want you to do a quick little interpretation here. Who is this figure with a hat with his head bowed right here? Funny hat. Dante. Who's that next to him, sort of connected to him? In art, good art, she is always connected to him, especially in William Blake. Who is this? Beatrice. Why would she be physically connected with him? Because she's his mind. That's right. That's right. All right. Quick. Quickly checking this guy who looks kind of angry over here. What's he have in his left hand? Who can see that very closely? He's got keys. Who is that then? Who do we know has the two keys to heaven? Who can unlock heaven? Peter. Yes, very good. The golden key of power and the silver key of discernment or wisdom. This guy right here, he's a shepherd. He's got a long shepherd's staff. You might not know who's supposed to have that. That's St. John. And the one in the middle who looks a lot like Jesus with long hair and, uh, and a beard is James. That's James. Very good. Uh, in some traditions, James, there was a James that was supposedly the brother of Jesus as well. That is not this James, though. That is not this James. All right, good. So this is what's going to be talked about over the next few cantos. Peter will test Dante on faith. Dante will have to define it. You will have to know that definition. 
James will test Dante on hope. Dante will define it. You will have to know that definition. John will test Dante on love. Dante will define it. You will have to know that. Then Dante will ask Adam four big questions, and the four big questions are the ones I mentioned earlier. When was Adam created and placed in Eden, and how old is he? He's several thousand years old. About 6,000. I think it's 6,400 something. Uh, we'll see then. How long was he allowed to enjoy Eden? <laughs> the answer to that is not very long. Not very long at all. It was only, it was only between six and seven hours. So it didn't take very long to make some mistakes. Um, three, what was the reason for God's anger? Was he harmed or was it an issue of respect? And we'll talk about what that means, an issue of respect. It's sort of uh, tied to what I told you yesterday about how when you punish somebody, you are regarding them as somebody who has access to free will and has used their free will in a way that has denigrated themselves in some way. And then what is the specific language that Adam made and used? It's okay if you don't have all this yet. We will be going over this in detail. All right, good. There is all the harvest gathered from the circling of the spheres. This is the so-called grape harvest. This is where uh, those beans, which were the ripest possible fruits of humanity, are now kept. And what's interesting is when you harvest wheat or a fruit, what do you literally do to the fruit or the wheat? You kill it. You chop it up, and then you eat it, right? Well, that's like these people, because they're all now what? They're all now dead. And so what are we now doing with their examples and their thoughts? Consuming them with our minds and then digesting them with our minds? Are we not now partaking of the great harvest by learning of the deeds of these people? Very interesting. And lots of metaphors of gardens and roses and fruits are going to be swirling about the top of heaven here. Very good. All right, Beatrice speaks. Here is that wisdom and that power which opened the roads between heaven and earth. Peter's keys... There are uh, metaphor there, of, of course, wisdom and power. Those are his two keys. The mind grows greater and goes out from itself. So we're going to have to grasp something here. Because, of course, when you grasp something, you're grabbing something outside yourself and bringing it where? To yourself. To yourself. Right. And so the greatest thing we grasp with is our hand or our mind. That's right. Our mind. Our mind. And so Dante could not describe Beatrice's beauty. He can. Okay, yes. So... Finally, he can see Beatrice's smile again, which means that his capacity to understand or to perceive beauty has increased. Good. But he could not describe her beauty, even if a muse named Polyhymnia, which is the muse of sacred poetry, know this, or all the other muses were to speak through him. So language is going to fail to express the utter beauty of that which he sees. And I think that that's sort of uh, an idea that many young people have about their thoughts and emotions, too. Perhaps something that you feel or see is too beautiful for words. And when you try and speak it to somebody, you get frustrated because they misunderstand you and they don't understand how beautiful and powerful the experience you had was. And that makes perfect sense because language is a tool. And no tool is as perfect as the artist that wields it. Hmm. All right. Dante then warns, Dante the author here, that this is another part of disen point of disembarking. He's suggesting that this is where the real poem starts. Everything before this has been child's play. Everything after this is where the adults hang out. This is adult swim at this point. That means these concepts are going to be difficult or easy. Extremely difficult. That's right. It is no channel for a little boat, that which my daring prow cuts as it goes, 
Nor for a helmsman who is afraid of toil. So you got to be ready to what? You, if you should not be afraid of toil, you need to be ready to do some what to understand this? Work. Work. Exactly right. It actually recalls to me a bit the idea of skill and charybdis, too. It's a difficult channel to cross through. You're going to have to have not only skill, but strength. Hmm. Very interesting. Very interesting. Got to keep moving. Got to keep moving. Here's another picture of Dante and Beatrice talking to St. Peter, the church triumphant. And I think that might be Gabriel over there with the funny hat in the cross. Not sure 100%. In any case, let's keep moving. So, Beatrice says, you don't need to write this one. Why do you look at my face rather than the celestial garden? She's like, why aren't you looking at all this great stuff here? Why do you just keep staring at me? Stare for yourself. Just as in the garden of purgatory, so is there a garden at the top of heaven as well. It will be a garden made of light. This And a garden is, of course, where one plants flowers, where the roots or causes of things are. So this is where all the causes of the universe are, the roots of the universe, the so-called upside-down tree, which is the uh, which is actually what a genealogical table looks like, right? Your roots and causes are at the top of the pages. That's where your past forebears are, and then all the way down the family tree comes you, comes you. All right, and so we'll find the causes or answers to hardest questions here. We'll at least find the hardest questions here. We'll see what sort of answers we find. Here is the rose in which the divine word was made flesh. Here also are the lilies, the scent of which indicated the way. Very, very interesting here. Um, Jesus is here being described as what sort of flower? A rose. A rose. And a rose is, of course, the most beautiful of the flowers, or at least that's one of the ideas behind it. And so the, the plant or the seed that in becoming embodied created a tree in this world which gives shade to poor sinners uh, in the light. But also interesting of the lilies. Do any of you recall what, when I told you people give lilies? It's at a very specific event during someone's life. Yes? Their funeral. Right. So what sort of people are we going to see up here? Dead people. Right. Dead people who indicated the way to the rose. Dead people who through their personal sacrifice showed the coming of a new religion, of a new faith, Christianity. That is the idea behind this here, that the acts of the apostles, that the acts of the church fathers, the acts of the martyrs, the people who first ever died for a name on their lips of Jesus, were the people that formed the image of Jesus on this world, which I think is a very interesting claim. How is it that you come to understand an idea if not by the actions of those people who claim to uphold that idea. The strength of an idea doesn't come from just the idea, but the examples of those who believe it. Hmm. And so, Peter, James, and John will be those lilies that we talk to. Good, 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 good. All right, all right. I have two slides here. I'm just going to read them to you very quickly, and then we're going to get to where I want you to write again. All right. Dante sees the effects of the brilliances, not their causes. Still hidden. He doesn't understand everything yet. Beatrice com is compared to a fair flower, a first fruit. A new light, like a circle or a crown, settles around Beatrice. This will actually be Peter. He will circle around her three times, just as he denied Christ three times. And then after he speaks to Dante, he will uh, circle around him three times as well. A highly symbolic action. We'll have to think about what we think that means. The sweetest melody on earth, then, would be like a thunderclap compared to the sound that accompanies the spirit. That means that it's very beautiful, the sounds up here. Things are getting more and more beautiful. 
and I circle around the womb which harbored all we wish. Okay, here's something I do want you to write. Somebody we see up here who we do not get to speak to is Mary, mother of God, the so-called Regina Coeli, which is queen of heaven. Ever since Vatican II, Catholics assumed her into heaven. And that means that Peter first circles Mary who bore Jesus, and he will circle until Mary enters the primum mobile, sort of an image of a reverse birth. Um, he, <laughs> Though Mary bore Jesus, the man, she will be uh, assumed back into the heaven that contains him in a sort of weird reverse birth image um, at the end of time, which uh, is hard to understand. It's mind-boggling, um, frankly speaking. So the border of the highest heaven, the prima mobile, the so-called first mover of Aristotle and Aquinas, is still too far away to see. So good, good. That means that that's a really weird concept. It's very difficult. for If something's far, is it easy to see or hard to see? Hard to see, so it's hard to understand what that means. Is that hard to understand what that means to be, to have your son, to be born back into your son? Yeah, that's about the weirdest concept you can possibly imagine. It's completely opposite from what happens in nature. Mothers bear children. They are not absorbed back into their children, I think. I don't know. Uh, I'm not a biologist. All right, in any case, the soul sing Regina Quayle. Just know that Latin phrase. That means queen of heaven, queen of heaven. Regina Quayle. Uh, our word celestial comes from quote. It means uh, heaven and uh, sky. Heaven and sky, because of course the sky has always been where we locate the heavens, because that's where the sun, the moon, and the stars are that are constant forever, as far as we know, besides some magnetic storms that supposedly went through the earth yesterday and were supposed to make people feel weird. I don't know, did anybody feel weird yesterday? I thought I felt pretty normal. I guess I was in a bad mood at some point. Well, that's kind of normal, too. So, in any case, does Mary here represent Mother Nature? That's a good idea, too. Mother of all things. Granaries and good seed, again, are mentioned. Again, all these garden and flower metaphors over and over and over again. These are the good fruits. These are the good seeds. These are the good examples of people, the best examples, so far as Dante knows. And they are not pagans. They are not pagans. This is not Virgil. This is not Cato. This is not Julius Caesar. These are Christian folk like Dante. And so, all on earth are called exiles from this garden because obviously they live in a place where justice is inverted, where you can get exiled, or where you can fight one war just to have to fight another, like Aeneas, or Odysseus just to make it home, uh, and then have to leave again. The world is a difficult place to live. Nothing like heaven, so says Dante. Thank goodness. In any case, we are going to meet the holder of the keys of heaven on to catch 24. Bang. All right, know this image. This is by William Blake. That big, uh, sort of, uh, I don't know, tired-looking guy with a, with a three-circled key in his hand is Peter. And we see Dante to the left here and Beatrice to the right. Let's get some information about Peter. Now, I think the fact that he is chosen as the so-called rock of the church is highly ironic and interesting. Because the first thing I let you know here is that what he is known for in Matthew 26, 33, 35, and 26, 69 to 75, is that he famously denied knowing Jesus three times before the so-called cock rooster crowed one day. Which means that he betrayed his own friend and rightful Lord three times before sunrise one day. Which means, does he seem very faithful or somewhat faithless? Pretty faithless. 
which means that if the first pope was somebody who himself betrayed Jesus, what, can you ex what sort of behavior can you expect from any human in this world? That they will surely at some point what you? Right, right. If even the holiest of holy humans betrays a god, well, is it likely or at least possible that even people close to you that you trust will betray you or fall short of you at some point? Yes, and I think that's a powerful message, which means should you put all your, I mean, I think that's why the person, I think that's why the expression is put your trust in God, because certainly if you put your trust in people, what will eventually happen at some point or another? They'll betray you. They'll betray you. And perhaps uh, that's not so much something you need to focus, focus on with others, but with whom? Yourself. yourself. That's right, yourself. Because perhaps you are the sort of creature that is faithful as you can be to your friends and to your family and to your country and to your God. Perhaps you are somebody who falls short. Perhaps you are somebody who betrays, and that is very interesting. In any case, uh, here's exhibit one. I just want to give you the example of Peter saying, oh, well, how the situation goes down in Matthew. Peter replied, even if I fall all away on account of you, I never will. He says, I'll never, I'll never betray you. I'll never denounce you. Truly, I tell you, Jesus answered, this very night before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. He, he gets it. But Peter declared, even if I have to die with you, I will never disown you. Okay, so that's a promise. So Dante says, if you make a promise, you have to keep the promise. Yes, of course. If the, you're going to change your promise, the only thing you can do is offer more or less than you originally offered. More, right. Uh, three halves as much as what you originally offered. And all the other disciples said the same. So he's like, no, no, I'm not ever going to betray you. All right, exhibit two. <laughs> Now Peter was sitting out in the courtyard, and the servant girl came to him and said, You are also with Jesus of Galilee, she said. But he denied it before them all. I don't know what you're talking about, he says. Numero uno. Then he went out to the gateway, where another servant girl saw him, and said to the people, This fellow was with Jesus of Nazareth. He denied it again, with an oath. With an oath, of all things. I, I swear I don't know the man. And after a little while, those standing there went up to Peter and said, Surely you are one of them. Your accent gives you away. And then he began to call down curses, and he swore to them, I swear I don't know the man. Immediately a rooster crowed. Then Peter remembered the word Jesus had spoken to him. Before the rooster crows, he will just tell me three times, and he went outside and wept bitterly. Peter, does he make promises that he does not keep? Yes, and yet he is the rock of the church on this world. That means that that rock is very constant or inconstant. Pretty inconstant. Things are always moving in this world, and I think that is the idea behind this. Things are always moving. Sort of like Odysseus versus Agamemnon. Agamemnon makes it home, assumes it's the same as it always was. What immediately happens to him by the hand of his wife? Gets killed. Odysseus gets home, does not assume that everything is the same as it was, and what ends up? does he end up dying when he goes home? No, in fact, he ends up killing those that would have killed him instead. Good. Good, 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 good. All right, Canto 24, meet Peter. He was the first pope, <laughs> which made me burst out laughing when I saw how I contrasted this. Yes, yes, even after that story about him, first pope, given the keys to heaven, denied Jesus three times before the cock crowed, that's a rooster, that's a male rooster, before daylight. That's a metaphor for seeing the truth or the light. Anytime daylight or dawn is coming about, that's, a, that's like it just dawned on you. We have that expression. You've just learned something. Something's just occurred to you. You've just understood something. His name, Peter, 
comes from the Greek word petra, which means rock. Um, the foundation of the church. Also, kephos, kephos. And so he has two keys. And these are apparently the keys that get one to heaven. One is silver, like the moon, which means discernment, like the reflective capacity of the moon and how it reflects the sun. Hmm. The second one is gold, which represents power, that which is reflected by the light of the moon, that which is sun-like. Very good. Gold, sun, power. Well, he welcomes Dante to the blessed supper of the Lamb. Again, another metaphor of eating, too, because here, what are we consuming? Actual food or information? Information. information. We're learning something. And so what will be consumed in the supper in heaven? Well, there are a few terms for it. So-called manna in the Old Testament, so-called ambrosia in the pagan authors, the food of the gods, so-called. And, well, the food of the gods, would that be physical or non-physical? Non-physical. What is the... What is it that you digest all day at school? Information. information, right. Information, that's right. And so Peter agrees to test Dante on faith, and I think we only have time for one last, one last uh, slide here today, and so we're going to have to move really fast tomorrow. Here we have a very famous quote, which you need to know. Dante prepares reasons and not simply memorized definitions for when he is asked or told, tell me, good Christian, what is faith? This is the quote you need to know for the quiz. And it is a quote from St. Paul that Dante gives. Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the argument for what is not seen. I want you to really think about that because that's a very tricky definition. The substance of things hoped for. Something hoped for is something you have or do not have. Yeah. Do not have. And if you hope for something, you generally hope to get it in the past or in the future so it's the substance of something in the future that does not currently exist well that's a weird substance because generally substances are things that do exist and so i wonder about this this is tricky this is tricky and it's the argument for what is not seen well i can tell you one thing that is not seen by most especially humans but is seen by those souls both in heaven and in hell remember hyperopia what is it that the souls in heaven and hell can see that humans cannot? They can see the future, right? And so faith seems to be an argument for what can happen in the future if you act in a particular way. And that makes sense to me because if you go on a diet and get on a workout plan, you have faith that eventually your body will what? Be healthier, stronger, fitter, thinner. Something like that. But do you see results immediately? No. no. And think about school. You have 180 days with each and every one of your teachers. At the beginning of it, you don't know some things, but you probably believe that by the end of it, you will what? Yeah. Know a lot more than you did and have skills that you did not once have. So what is the substance of something hoped for? One does not know until one has achieved or acquired what one hopes. That's very interesting, too, because, you know, what is the expression we have? Be careful what you... Because you might get it. Because you might get it. And that is what genie stories mean as well. Because remember, you should focus not only on what it is you want, but what it is it costs to get what you want. Cost-benefit analysis. Very, very important. Remember the difference between skill and charybdis always. Charybdis, maybe not everybody dies if you go by. Maybe nobody. But if she sucks down the salt sea, who dies? Everybody. So we choose to go by Scylla, even though Scylla will kill six men. 
in the Odyssey. Because skill will not kill everybody. Always remember the cost of the decisions that you make. That seems to be what Dante is talking about here. All right, that's all we've got for today. We've got a lot more tomorrow.